open this in Excel real quick. <laughs> Just so I have it written down. And it well, you're really quick maths. Is Excel, is it? Well, I, yeah. I could write it notes in my phone or I could write it notes in, in Excel. It's the same. I'm, I'm not writing equations or anything. If that's what you're worried about. <laughs> Okay, hello listeners and welcome to the 60th episode of the Picky, Bust- Picky Bastards podcast. Somehow we have made it to 60 episodes uh, while knowing absolutely nothing about what we talk about, so it's quite impressive. Um, as well as being our 60th episode, this is also our chance to talk about the albums of the year for 2022, and I'm going to be doing that with Matt. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm awake. I'm alive. Are you ready? Ready. Yeah. We'll see. And, well, we'll see. And with Sam. How are you doing, Sam? Hi. Hi. I, I don't feel as alive, but I am here. <laughs> I mean, Matt's Matt's in New York and he's been awake for like 10 minutes, so you should be you should be doing better than him, but well, I'll yeah. let you off. So, the way our album of the year show works is we each pick an album of the year, which we'll we'll tell you about pretty soon, but we also go through the lists um of, of other art, of other publications and find which albums have been appearing in a lot of those lists and, and we'll talk about some of them as well. So we picked six albums alongside our albums of the year. So I'll, I'll just quickly tell you what those albums are. They are Jack White's Fear of the Dawn, which was number one in Rough Trade. Um, Nymph by Shy Girl, which was in a lot of lists, but highest was number three in DMY in the 45. Um, Blue Rev by Always, which had a lot of number ones in, in places like Stereo, Stereo Gum and Flood. Infinity Knives and Brian Ennals with King Cobra, which was number one in Loud and Quiet. Um, Janky Star by Great Janky Star by Grace Ives. I've written Grace Star, so that confused me for a minute. But, um, <laughs> but she's not called Grace Star; she's called Grace Ives. Um, that was first place in one of the New York Times lists, but they have loads of lists. Um, and then Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow, which was Brooklyn Vegans number one, but also was in loads of lists. Um, so yeah, so the way we do this is we've got four questions. We do a little round robin, we each get timed and then we've got a really aggressive alarm that'll go off. So, so be ready for that. But we're going to start the first question by just talking about our own albums of the year. So I'm going to go to Matt first. So Matt, Uh-oh. 30, sec- 30 seconds, 90 <laughs> seconds. What's your album of the year? Uh, my album of the year was K Tempest with a line is a curve. Um, and so for this album, I thought, I, I was kind of lukewarm. I wasn't sure how excited to get about the, the album coming out after the pre-prior one. But um, this album really, really connected to me when, when it came out. I think um, they've already, be, already and always been a, like an incredibly effective storyteller. But it's often felt like they've put um, these big metaphors or these big arcing storylines in the front and center of, of what they're doing and um, the um, st- storyline behind their album. But th- this, it felt like they put themselves much more at the center. And they're often using the first person language to describe what's going on. And so it's not like they're holding you at arm's length. Um, and instead, it, it gives you a much more emotional, uh, like revealing um, album. It also kind of leans away a little bit, I think, from the poetry first nature of some of the kind of prior work. And instead, there's like some big beats. It, it There's also a, like a bunch of features on this album, which I've never heard them do. But 
it works and the features are really interesting and they're really different um, and diverse across the album. Um, and, yeah. Hey. Hello, I'm so loud. It's um, so loud. I can try and got... turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. wow. It wakes me up every time, so it's yeah. good. Um, not I'm that I was falling asleep like, when you were talking. I was just getting going. I was just getting going. Well, you knew it was 90 seconds. If you were just getting going, you, you prepared terribly. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't prepare to the time. I prepare to what I want to say, and then all <laughs> that explains what's been going on for the last six years on the podcast. Um, okay, over to you, Sam. Ninety seconds. Yeah, so um, I've picked Rosalia's Motomami. Um, I- I've said so much about this album and Rosalia this year that it's hard to like find words I haven't repeated to other people but this album is just so good it's so densely packed with genre fusing if the last album was kind of a fusion of flamenco and hip-hop this is this throws in reggaeton hyperpop r&b electronic jazz like there's just it's just chaos all over the place and I feel like the opening track just sets the tone for this where it, it could be a very standard reggaeton song and yet it's just full of interesting moments and there's like a jazz section in the middle and it's it's like what is going on um but throughout her voice just ma- just it, it just it's just molded in all of these ways like she's so powerful when she sings on these more flamenco based tracks she has such a powerful voice and yet at other times on like because Cheeto, she's she's rapping and she's like on the title trap. She's really fiery when she raps and she's doing like heartfelt, emotional ballad ballads on hentai and Sakura. And then other times it's like ridiculous pop hooks and like chicken teriyaki has just been in my head since I heard it. Um, and then you've got like the song like cute, which is just utterly bonkers. It's like something <laughs> like, it's just like an underworld. Um, he's just continued. Yeah. He's just kept going. Yeah. Past the- See uh, my my whistle. The whistle's going off later for me. I okay. that's an excuse I'm using. Yeah, yeah. We'll take okay. it. We believe you. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see if one of us can finish within ninety seconds. Um, I'm ready when you tell me when to go, Sam. You go, go, Fran. Okay, okay. So for me, for the longest time, my answer to this question was going to be the Koji Radical album, but then towards the end of the year, I went back to my shortlist and and the feeling I had when I first heard Ants from Up There by Black Country New Road returned. I just think it's a magical one-off album, and I think that's what separated it from Koji in the end for me. I think it feels so unique and interesting. I can't really imagine anyone else creating something like it. I think there's a mix of things that make it so unique. I think. There's the arrangements that, you know, the mix elements of sort of classical music with indie music and post-punk. And, you know, they, there's this, these amazing swells, emotional swells in, in most of the songs where the songs will just take off halfway through and, and take you to a different place. And, and of course, there's the amazing lyrics and storytelling. Um, I could do 90 seconds just on the lyrical moments in this album that I love, but I won't because that would be boring for everyone. Um, but I'm just going to tell you about one. Um, it's just a line that I, I'm a sucker for a lyric which gives you like a creative, fresh way of, of saying that you love someone. And there's a lyric in one of the songs that said, and it's just been a weekend, but in my mind, we summer in France with our genius daughters and you teach me to play the piano. And it's just fucking incredible. Um, and then just on the level of the songs, uh, Bread Song is one of the best things I've ever heard. Um, when I talk about the emotional swells in this album, this is what I mean. The moment when the song speeds up halfway through 
it made me cry the first time I heard it, and it still gives me shivers now. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing I'm running out of time. All I'm going to say is it's a masterpiece, um, and it's definitely my album of the year. I beat the clock. Yes. Oh, nailed it. Good job. Okay. You're the only one who practices, and it tells. <laughs> yeah, I don't practice. I just write notes. You know, I don't sit there for days. Oh, um, he, but I'm sure you, you practice. Know. Okay, so. Yourself. Now we're gonna before the next question a chance to talk about these albums if they're not coming up later. Should we go in reverse mm. order? Do either of you want to talk about Black Country New Road now? I I can. Okay. Yeah, I can as well. You want to go yeah. down first? Ready. I can go. Yeah. Um, the first thing is that Fran, you're gonna hate me for saying this. Um, yeah. But I <laughs> think start. this. I think this is a really great 40 minute album. Mm. And then I find the last 20 minutes are just quite self-indulgent and oh, obnoxious they are, yeah. <laughs> and for me it's like i wish that the album ended at that 40 minute mark because mm. i i know that everyone seems to have picked out basketball shoes as like a song of the year that like 12 yeah. minute song and i just find it's the the worst example of what this album does well which is the steady build to to a payoff i don't mm. feel like the payoff at the end of that song is anywhere near as good as the payoff in other songs that are similar earlier in the album and once you've had 50 minutes of that i just i don't need it again i think mm. the highlight is clearly the place where he inserted the blade and that should be the final so. moment to me i listen to that song and i think the album's over and there's like 20 more minutes it's like one of those films you watch like a tarantino mm. film and you're like there's another hour left to this. This should have ended by now. <laughs> and that's how I feel. Cause I think the rest of the album is so, so good and is okay. so much better than the debut for me. Mm. It's a massive step up. Um, but I just wish that last 20 minutes wasn't as indulgent mm. um, for me. I can totally understand that criticism. If I'm okay. honest, like snow globes is the only moment in the album that I'm not, which is the second time yeah, yeah. that I'm not blown. It's the only song I'm not totally blown away by. I, I, I do love the last song. And I'm glad that's there, but I do I do understand that criticism. There are times when I listen to the album and I'm, I think, yeah, okay, we've still got 20 minutes at this point. But I think what comes before, I, you know, the fact that you like the opening half of the album is yeah, I, I think it's surprise it's, to me. So it's way better. He he mm. he fits the music more this time. Yeah, and yeah. um, I I felt yeah. like there was kind of a juxtaposition on the first album that was mm. very much like I really enjoyed what the musicians were doing but it didn't yeah. feel like they were part of the same band. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I This time it feels like it's really worked. Oh, it's a massive step up. I agree. I agree with that totally. Um, the next, I like the yeah. last album, but there's no way it was in album of the year contention for me. And we're now waiting for Matt to say that that's totally wrong and the first album's the, the best one. That's my prediction. Um, I'd, I, 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 I don't know. I, I love both <laughs> these albums. Okay. I love okay. both these albums. Um, but you are both wrong because Snow Globe is probably my favorite song. <laughs> okay. okay, I love the like the big rolling <laughs> drums within it, and I do think it's like it's nine minutes long, but I think it's fully earned. I I really love that song. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, this album's amazing. It's it's amazing. It it has traded that like swagger that they had in the first album for more of like. Um, kind of a bit more emo emote like revealing um and raw sound um but i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing I and mean, i think it's what has it felt like they were very much part of the kind of 
post-punk weird weirdo jazz group of people that were coming out together bands like black midi and stuff like that and now it feels like they're completely different to everyone else um which is only a good thing um but yeah i'm I'm just yeah i'm not really sure where they're going to go from here right because obviously I, I think that's the the elephant in the room is that yeah. obviously the lead singer left and mm. it's built in built in his image and this does feel like as an album it also feels like a, a send-off or like a yeah almost it feels very much about relationships and stuff and he could maybe think that he was already thinking about it while they were writing yeah so. yeah it sounds like it it's yeah it's sad i mean i don't know just for listeners benefit me and one of the other picky bastards group tom had tickets to see them about two or three weeks after this album came out and it got cancelled and like I, well i wasn't that bothered when it got cancelled because the first album i was I was mid on, and then I heard this album, and I was like, "How could you cancel that on me?" But it's, yeah. it's it adds an adds an extra sort of law to the album, I think, like an extra story that I think will make it an album that people talk about for yeah. quite a long time. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I think similar to what I, I'm glad you picked this because I do think Kojo is going to keep making records that are amazing. Mm. Yeah, this I like you say this is this is a, a standalone that maybe won't be repeated. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Better responses than I was expecting. Um, Matt, can you talk about Rosalia at the minute? Uh, not yet. No. No? Okay. I will then. Um, I feel a bit bad because Sam's just been pretty nice about my album of the year. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to be polite about this. So I'm, I'm going to try and be polite. I didn't make it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, no, listen, the, the, the polite, the, the positive things I can say is you mentioned a voice on the more flamenco style songs. Um, I'm, I'm going to pronounce this terribly. That maybe you can help me out, Matt, with your Spanish knowledge. Bulieris. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. yeah. Her vocals on that song are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it took me back to being in Spain and 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 when I travelled around Spain for a bit and and seeing flamenco singers and just being blown away by the voice and the performance. So I could totally understand that, and her voice is exceptional. Um, but. I mean, the most polite thing I can say after that is it's only occasional, only occasionally unlistenable. It's not always unlistenable. Um, my skip button didn't get as much of a workout as I as I expected, but there are songs on it that I can't listen to. Um, the really silly ones, Chicken Teriyaki. <laughs> what is that song? Um, cute. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into cute. Just, it's got it's got 400 views in the title and, and the opening song. They're just all a bit too. Much You've named like the best three songs on the album. Yeah, no. That's like, um, yeah. but you know, there were other songs that I didn't have to skip. Um, I am I'm I'm sort of flabbergasted. I don't understand the massive popularity of of this um, and of her. I, I I don't get it. But do you not? I, can but can you not see the fact that? it's pulling from so many different places. Like, I don't think that anyone is making music like this. I, I mean, I, I can't see think... that. I don't know if that's, for me, that's not, I don't know if that's a good thing though. Like, it, it just, I'm just confused but at least, by it, it. it. It's unique and exciting. Yeah, it is unique. And you can see that. It's just yeah. what I, I find actually surprising that she she is so commercial as well. Mm, yeah. I, I think this is a, it's a baffling follow-up album mm. after about two years of doing like mainstream reggaeton hits with other artists to then release this. It's like, where the hell did this come from? 
And maybe I, I, yeah, I find that bit quite fascinating as well because she's she's become so commercial, yeah, and yet yeah, is still so like in the, her own creative lane. Um, yeah, like I'd I mean, put I think like, she's interesting. Of- I think the story of her is interesting. I think what she does is interesting, but for me, the music isn't. Yeah. That interesting um but it's you know it's way out of my i don't think you expected me to love this did you sam um, no, no. well you weren't <laughs> that hot on the on this no. the other album we did i prefer anyway. the first one because I, I think the more it's got probably got more of the moments where her voice is the important thing yeah. um and i can hear the yeah. emotion in it whereas i don't understand what Check, chicken teriyaki is about um <laughs> i don't get it um but anyway um i'm glad you like it <laughs> wow <laughs> that's, so that's such an equivalent of that's nice dear <laughs> sorry let's move on um sam can you talk about k no not yet no okay i'll talk about k then um nice. i mean what more can i say about k I, I reviewed it on the website um when it came out um i reviewed it very positively and my, my views only improved since then um, I just put my own list of, of the albums of the year together and, and this was third after Koji and Black Country New Road. So it's pretty clear that I love this album. Um, K made my favourite album in the 2010s with uh, Let Them Eat Chaos. And, and this isn't quite on that level for me in terms of what it means to me on a personal level, but it is exceptional. Um, I think it's their most expansive album so far. I also think it's maybe their most accessible at the same time. Um I think, you know, bringing in guests for the first time, which Matt mentioned, um, was a masterstroke. I think it definitely forced Kay to try new things and step a little bit away from the spoken word, which Matt has already said. Um, and I think all the guests nail it. I think, you know, every every single guest is brilliant. But then the best song is Salt Coast, which is Kay all on their own. Um you know, I think alongside Bread Song from the Black Country New Road album, Salt Coast is, is my song of the year. Um, yeah, so yeah, Kay smashed it here. I, I, you know, the mix of genres is amazing. There's there's new sounds. There's Lyrical Genius is still very much there. It's, it's just, it's great. Um, so yeah, the best album of the year that you've ever picked, Matt. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just patronizing all of you right now, aren't I? Yeah. I'm just patronizing you all. It's great. But no, it's fantastic. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you gave Salt Coast a shout out because that is. Oh, Salt Coast is amazing. It's yeah, it, yeah, it is made me made me cry so many times this year. Yeah. And seeing it live, it was just yeah. like, what this is yeah. insane. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know you, you you picked that as your gig of the year, didn't you? The um and yeah. it's my, it was up there it's, for me as well. Seeing yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gig of the year song of the year album of the year it's got mm. full full sweep <laughs> wow wow it's nice. uh, it's done wow. pretty well yeah anything else you want to say about k before we move on to the next question matt or um uh, no i think i think we actually covered pretty much everything i think at this point people have also heard us talking about k so much that they if they haven't been converted yeah. already they really should give this album a listen because it may yeah. it may have something in it that they haven't experienced from them before. Yeah, I've had friends actually who've previously been like, why do you listen to this? Um, talking about the previous K albums, be like, oh, I heard a really good K Tempest song the other day. So it's, you know, I know it's definitely won some people over as well, which yeah. um, is even the case with some of the other picky bastards. But anyway, we might, we might get to that later. Who knows? Um, yeah. Okay, question two. 
So this question is, what was your favourite discovery from the list? And we're going to start with you this time, Sam. So okay. do start timing yourself, though. We're trusting you that you are going to time yourself. I will do. I'll try and keep okay. it to 90 seconds. Cool, cool. Go. Um, I've picked um, Grace Ives, Janky Star, or Grace Star, Janky Ives. Um, <laughs> I think I think you you probably won't be surprised I've picked that one of like the new albums. It's probably the most like pop centric record on the playlist, but in, I I really really enjoyed this. Um, and the the only comparison I could make in my head was like, what if like Billie Eilish accidentally like made friends with loads of like hyper pop artists mm. okay. and then because her vocal delivery is so similar like she sounds very similar i don't know if it's the accent or the way that she sings um but i love the ambition on this i think songs like shelly and burn bridges really push the sound in like interesting directions it's full of like energy to contrast this kind of breathy vocal and kind of it, it's there's not much going on vocally in terms of um but it always it's always a nice like juxtaposition and i like the glitchier moments um mm. like i think one of them is like uh she finds this like own niche of sound i, I don't i don't i just i i've really enjoyed this um and i yeah it's really stood out on this playlist for me and i will leave it at that okay nicely done okay i'm, I'm gonna go next so let me know when you're ready go for it Okay, so King Cobra by Infinity Knives and Brian Ennals was undoubtedly my favourite discovery. Um, I think it's fascinating all the way through. Um, it manages to fit within like the abstract rap world that's so big at the minute with like Billy Woods, JPEG Mafia, Injury Reserve, other, others that we've covered on here as well. But at the same time, sounds really old school at times, like really seeped in the classics of the genre. I think there are parts when it sounds like NWA, um, Ice Cube, but also it's really fresh at the same time. I mean, there's a line in the song Coke Jaw, Coke Jaw that I think sums it up quite well, where they say, cruising up your block on DMT, we the post-apocalyptic run DMC. I just think that's really on point because they, they're, they're kind of like futuristic old school, if that makes any sense. I think I've just created a new genre. Um, <laughs> but like his flow is great. The beats, they're clearly DIY. They're clearly, you know, quite lo-fi, but really captivating. And I think the storytelling on songs like The Badger and Death of a Constable is fantastic. Um, they clearly hate cops and, you know, fair play. Um, <laughs> I think they even managed to make a Red Hot Chili Peppers sample sound cool on Death of a Constable. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, I also just like how random it is at times. Like there's a skit where they just call out people who pose in front of cars in photos. It just comes from nowhere, but it's really funny. Um yeah, there are a couple of moments where people might, you know, call them out for misogyny. Um, but then generally, I think they're really political, politically sound and they've got some important messages. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in the whole, I'm a really big fan. Um, I think it's really fun. And I'm done. Oh, perfect. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So, over to you, Matt. All right. Um, so, my pick was also Infinity Knives with yeah. King Cobra. Um, I, I think I've, a lot of what Fran just said is very true. Um, but for me, what stood out was really the uh, experimental nature of the, the beats and the way that the, the um, album as a whole was structured. Um, throughout the album, the the, uh, the style is really, really varied. Like, there's obviously some clear interest in things like classical music, use of some interesting, like, piano in there. But then also there's massive, like, 
synthwave kind of moments, this big 80 synths. Um, and then also jammed into this mix um, is they have lots of like interesting uh, like interstitials that are of kind of different flavors. Um, they often have like long outros with no rapping, just focusing on the beats. And um, the beats themselves are pretty unpredictable. Like you think you know where the song's going, they have an established pattern, and then it veers off somewhere completely different. And so it felt like the album always kept me on my toes. And then his rapping over the top, like their rapping is all, it manages to match that um, chaos in a way that actually like they, they meld together really well. Um, and so even though you have all this kind of disparate things going on, it all fits together in one album and I think makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You nearly great. made it. You nearly made it. All right. Well, we may as well stay with Infinity Knives, Sam. Do you want to, can you talk about it now? Yeah, I can talk about it. Yeah. Um, I I agree with about everything that both of you have said, but for me, the kind of experimental all over the placeness of everything kind of was slightly off putting. Um, and I, I think that's what I really, really wanted to really love this album because I feel like it has all the elements there. Um, and I think I would listen to it over and over again and I'd be like, I can't get my head around this as an album, the whole thing. Um, I, I'd just be like, it feels a little disparate for me. Um, it doesn't it doesn't bring the things together. I think when it's really good, it is really good. And I think Coke Jaw is an obvious highlight. I, I picked out Death of a Constable as well. I think them two songs are really good. But I don't know if it didn't help in this playlist. I think they're not similar albums, but I think coming after the K-Tempest record in the playlist mm. didn't help me because to me that was a much more cohesive album. And this just didn't have that. I, th- I think, it, I don't know. I, I, maybe I was expecting it to be just a hip hop record and maybe that mm. was where I went wrong. Um, but yeah, I like I agree with what you're saying. It's just, I think that's the reason I didn't connect as much with it, even though I did try. Um, it's acceptable. Yeah. It's not, yeah. I, I like this. The, there's great songs on here and it's mm. great music. Um I just didn't connect to it as a whole album. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make it easy for you, I don't think. No, no. (laughs) But purposely so, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about with it being like part of the abstract rap Mm. community because it's like things like the injury reserve and stuff like the purposely challenging and purposely trying to make it a difficult listen, I think. Um, Mm. But yeah. Okay. Matt, can you talk about Grace Ives? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I I liked this album. I mm. was... I'm surprised I didn't love it because, mm. like, pre- my previous picks for albums of the year include things like, like Billie Eilish, which uh, obvious comparison, and also um, Girl in Red, which I really loved. Um, and there's a lot of those kind of ingredients in here. Um, it has that kind of bedroom poppy vibe yeah. for some of it. Um, but... I feel like this album didn't have any, there weren't any specific moments where I was like, oh, this is suck, mm. like yeah. sunk its teeth into me. It hasn't like grabbed me and made like just one of the songs, like a, a must to listen, 
Like I need mm. to put this on repeat like three or four times and just get it. Um, but I, I, I think it does still have some good moments. Um, I think uh, I'm trying to remember like their song Loose. I, I really like the, they had some really great synths with this kind of like, um, it's like this boom, boom, boom sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bit, uh, yeah. 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 It had a really good chorus build as well. And um, uh, I also the like in Shelley, some of the, the, um, the words and the lyrics they were using had a, like a really percussive nature to the way that she yeah. was like singing. Um, and that was really like really a kind of like rapid fire and very cool. Um, and so I think her voice is really cool and interesting. I think that's what kind of drew me in. But it just, yeah, even though it, like it's a short album and it didn't feel like it overstayed, but I feel like if it was 45 minutes long, it, I, I would have maybe got a bit bored of it. And so that's because I don't think there was any like anything to really, no big song to build it around or anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, for me, it was it was one of the highlights of the list. Um, I think, it, weirdly, it's 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 got issues, like it's it's very slight, it's a bit uncohesive, it's a bit messy, but I think that kind of worked for it in a way. But I, I think the thing that maybe I came away feeling why it wasn't higher on my list maybe was that it it felt more like a a sampler of her music than it did an album. Um, like each song feels very different. Um, like it's a different side of her. I think some of it's very pure pop music um other parts of it make me think of terza a little bit but sort of more energetic and slightly less cool um i think win-win towards the end is one of the ones that really gives me a terza vibe um and that's possibly my favorite i think it's quite a grimy song and you can kind of imagine it being played in a club um but then it switches to the almost sickly sweet lullaby which is still good it's just so different um and i think that contrast sort of sums up the album so yeah so i think for me maybe it could have been better if it was more cohesive but i like it as it is you know it's too, it was in it was one of it was top four for me on the list um okay. so I, I do like top it four. but um but i think it um it has its it has its issues I'm definitely interested in her going forwards though um yeah. yeah and it grew on me it grew on me i wasn't sure at all at first and, and by the end it was one that i was listening to more than a lot of the others so yeah i like it that's pretty much all i i have to say cool so next question Unless anyone wants to... Oh, we know. Have we spoken about both of them? We have, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. we have. Yeah, okay. Next question. So I'm <laughs> going to start this time. And the next question is, which album felt the most relevant to 2022? And yeah, I'll tell me when to go, Sam. Just go. Go for it. Okay. So I've chosen Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow for this one for a couple of reasons. The main one being that 2022 was my first full year as a dad to a child who doesn't sleep. So the inside of my head... It sounded like the Soul Gold slogan album from last <laughs> year. Just a constant scream over crashing percussion. That's been my head. But there are other more important reasons. Um, I think if you can listen hard enough to this album, and I can imagine there's at least one person on this podcast who could not listen hard enough to this album. Um, a lot of it is about like liberal inactivity in the, fa- in the face of right-wing awfulness and how liberals can be just as dangerous as right-wing people, but they don't say it out loud sort of thing. And I think you can see that both in the US where there's been some inaction by the Democrats that have let horrible things happen. And also in the UK where the current leader of the opposition is willing to throw all left-wingers supporters under the bus just to, to win power. So I think they're saying a lot of really spot on stuff um, on this album. 
they they've got a lot to say about the current state of the world um and and yeah that's why it's relevant to the year but also personally i got i got a kick out of this album i think it's savage i think it's adventurous i think it's genre hopping um it's not one i can listen to all the time because it is a total assault on the ears but when i was in the mood it, i do like it um personally i think they saved my favorite song until last the one that features mckinley dixon and i would mm. kind of like to see an album that has that sound consistently because it, it's a bit less savage. Um, but I think this is a great example of the genre and, and it was definitely relevant this year. God, I'm good at this 90 seconds today. Oh, You've had practice, it. definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm killing it. Um, so I can't remember who I was put next, so give me one Be second. Matt next. Okay, me yeah, now. you guys know the order. Well done, it's Matt. <laughs> cool. Do you want to go? Well, yeah, so uh, my pick for this was Rosalia. It's... Um, it's a sensational album. It's so fresh, and I think the guys have discussed it a little bit already. But I think it's incredibly rare that you find something so experimental, but clearly so ready for pop. Clearly so like like Sam was saying, commercial, and to kind of match those two worlds and uh, and kind of thread that needle is is so impressive. And like not only doing that. But it's also combining something that's so such a classical genre with something that's so incredibly modern, and again, also threading that needle of making it both um, not trivialising the kind of classical flamenco, honouring it, but then also making it so new and fresh and interesting, and uh, making it so like vivid and make you want to actually listen to it. I'm just it's it's really really impressive, um, and it I think it's a space that she's going to continue to dominate because of it feels like she's the only person breaking through from from the like specifically the flamenco world, and so she will have a new and different sound to a lot of the other like people that are in the reggaeton space and things like that. Um, so I just thought it was a really impressive album, and um, yeah. Do you have a lot more to say there, Matt? I, I, well, I can always say more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, over to Sam. Okay. So I think that K Tempest, The Little Eyes Curve, was the most relevant to 2022. I've just swapped with Matt. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think there's just a sense of freedom on this album um, that really spoke to me. Um, I, I don't know if that answers the question of it being relevant, but it feels like this is an album that Kay couldn't have made or at least released in any other year. It feels very mm. poignant to them right now and not the world right now. It's the person right now. And I think Matt, you touched on this it, for me, seeing this album be such a personal record was a game changer. Um, I, I think this is the best music that they've ever released. I, I think um, I definitely enjoyed the previous ones, especially like the Meet Chaos. But I, I just think for me, this is the first time that the music and the poetry has really connected into being music. And as a musician, I feel like K Tempest has really excelled here. Um, I think Move, More Pressure, Salt Coast, No Prizes. These are fully fledged songs, not pieces of kind of music with some words along with them um 
yeah, I think I think this is this is a fantastic album, and I I'm so glad that I really got into it this year. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. finally got you into K. I know. Uh, took long enough. Finally happened. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we've we've spoken about K and we've spoken about Rosalia, but Matt, was there more you wanted to say about about Rosalia at this point, or? Um, I just think I, like. I think it was interesting you brought up the um, the predominantly flamenco song, but Bilarius, because it, it mm. is this traditional flamenco song, but it's so different in the way I feel the, like it constructs it. It's like falling apart, and the production on that song is phenomenal. I think it's, it's insane. the best, possibly the best song that she's ever had. I, I think as yeah. a singular moment, it's well, like nice to pick out a good. There's one, like. The, the, my like heart drops out during that the, as the baseline of that song and, and the, the the claps and everything, the way that it's then produced and it changes underneath that you don't notice yeah. for the first time is oh, it's so good that song. Um, like yeah. I I went to see Rosalia a few weeks ago and it was insane. Like that I've never seen anyone have that kind of command over music like this. And mm. in an arena, like this is not music you would expect that a whole arena would be thrilled to be seeing someone perform. <laughs> and yet it was, it was, it was incredible. Like, honestly, um, yeah. it's genuinely one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, nice. And that's down to, I think, down to the music in the first place. Even um, with not liking the album, like I can imagine as a live performer that's what i mean by that song particularly like the voice is incredible i can imagine that it would be you know if i if 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 she was playing at a festival i was i would see her just have interest i don't think i'd pay to go and see her but i if i was at a festival i would definitely um okay soul glow um either of you i could talk about that i've been talking a a long time um go for it in the whole time I've done Picky Bastards, I've always managed to listen to the albums more than once. Um, <laughs> and I feel so defeated because I managed one listen and I just decided at that point, I'm going to leave it there. I can't, the <laughs> I can't do it again. I, it's not that it... I just The vocals are just impossible for me to get past mm. and I can't... I wish I could because, like you said, Fran, there's so much here that mm. I'm perfectly so thankful that someone is saying something like this and they're saying it yeah. and they're really, they have things to say. And I, I think about the Bob Villain album that we did earlier yeah. on. And mm. to me, yeah. you can get what they're saying so much more directly because of the way that they deliver it. And mm. I just struggle to know who's going to be able to unpick that from this music mm. it's so clearly not for me so that that's fine i'm not saying i would but i do think if you want to say something i think there needs to be some entry point for someone to be able to to actually hear what you're saying <laughs> i don't know i think there was moments where i there's glimpses of like other vocals or there's glimpses of mm. something else and Every now and again that happens, and then that vocal just screams back in, <laughs> and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I think I listened to like one or two of the songs again, mm. but I, I couldn't, I could not put this on again. And that's not, I'm not, so I'm not saying that this doesn't deserve to be on an album of the year list. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Perfectly, yeah. 
I, I can understand exactly why this is a great album for what this is. It's just absolutely not for me. Yeah, yeah. I can't say that's a big surprise. No, no. Um, <laughs> Matt? Um, so probably of the three of us, this is the album that, or oh, I'm the one most likely to listen to like hardcore punk mm. just yeah. generally. And I I thought this was just okay. Mm. I I think that it isn't doing anything that new or exciting with mm. the genre. Um, it, it, it is dabbling a little bit in this kind of hip-hop, industrial hip-hop uh, sound, which I do think is potentially like like a bit more interesting. But I also don't think... Like, I think it is at its best when it's doing that, like on uh, Drippanomics. But I don't I don't think his flow is that good. I don't... And I know it's punk as well. So I, I, I'm not going to have super high standards, but it, it sounded pretty clunky in parts. Hmm. Um, and he was kind of shown up by the feature, I thought. And that's hmm. never a good look, I don't think. Um, uh, I think, I don't know there are good moments on this and obviously the like the messaging is important but if you're not putting it in something wrapping it in a nice present to give to someone then it's it's <laughs> the messages don't necessarily mean anything i don't think um i think like i know it's completely different but it is within the same genre of hardcore punk and last year we talked about turnstile and that was my favorite album so i i I obviously will have a bias in this, but I feel like that was, I'm not expecting them to be doing lots of interesting things in the same way because it's a completely different, much more commercial mm. album, but it, it is within the same genre and it's doing something. See, I question that though. musically interesting. I question whether it is in the same genre because I saw it as punk everywhere, but I don't think it's a punk album. Like it's, it's a hardcore album. It's a sort of, it's 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 more than it's heavier than punk, isn't it? So I, I kind of question that. I wouldn't call it. A it's worth. It's a. I I don't know. It's it's. They're both in. I'd say in a similar world, but mm. completely. Yeah, they're in a similar world. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's if they. I think they're considered to be part of the same movement. There's a lot of mm. art bands coming from this kind of East Coast area. Yeah. Um. um but yeah. It, it's not the most direct comparison, but I, I think it is just creatively from a musical mm. standpoint. One is doing like I've heard like I don't know if you they sound almost the same as a, a band Cerebral Ballsy that mm. were a thing. What a name! What a name! A decade. What a name! A decade ago. Yeah, yeah, um, and it just doesn't feel like it's moved on. I think yeah. I think there's just some more interesting things that have happened. I, I, yeah, I, I this year. The reason I, I picked also, it is because I I was for those reasons I'd heard like it was revolutionary and all this, and I don't agree. Again, I don't I don't think it is either. But I, I like yeah. it, but I it doesn't feel dead fresh. I think like, but then one thing that always comes back is like the you know this kind of music talking about some of the things that they talk about is fresh in a way i suppose that mm. might be where the freshness is coming from but i, I think yeah if you like this you should listen to their album from two years ago yeah the, nothing yeah. on here matches the song track um track 32 okay. um, which is on their 2020 album um okay. which That's i quite liked cool. this is this is cool. just doesn't doesn't uh, match that i don't think 
Okay. Right. Should we move on to the last question? Yes. Yeah. So the question is, which album were you most surprised to find on an album of the year list? And Matt is going to kick us off. Um. So for me, I uh, this album was at the top of many lists, mm. and that made me pick it. And that's uh, the Always album with Blue Rev. Mm. Um. And this album is this album is a nice album. It's full of joy. It has this kind of dream pop, indie fuzz, shoegazy, soaring moments. Um, but there's very few memorable moments to the album. There's no there's no uh, like Archie marry me moment. Um, and so listening to the album as a whole, it's it's like it's fun. It's nice. It, it happens, but it nothing again grabs me in any way it's similar to the grayside album it's a good time i just don't know if it's really like there's a much higher standard when i think like evaluate the albums on this list and i'm just like confused about how it's held so high um because it it's just fine (laughs) it's just okay um and I think that it falls into the trap of the danger with music like this. It's so dense. It's such a wall of noise that it just becomes everything becomes saturated. Um, and it becomes less of like a foreground experience and more of a background experience when you're listening to it. Um, but yeah, okay. I think, I think it's more of a symptom of indie rock right now than the album. I don't know. Interesting. That's a whole new point, but we'll, we'll come back. To <laughs> um, Sam, biggest surprise. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I, I've picked the Jack White album. I okay. I don't hate the album at all. Um, I think I probably enjoy it more than you both do, um, because I know it's become an infamous thing that I just want a dad rock album. <laughs> um, but the, there's a reason I picked this, even though I just said one of the albums was unlistenable. Um, because I just think this just doesn't do anything that is like at all relevant to the to this year, relevant to Jack White. As a, it doesn't even sound like the best Jack White album of recent times. And I think I've heard like one of the other ones like that. I, I, how would this be anywhere close to the conversation of album of the year? It's it's just fine. Um, I I think like a couple of the songs, I, I kind of how funky they are, or like how his guitar playing is on them. Um, but like, did we need that song "Easophobia" twice? Like, <laughs> it happens, and then it happens again, and you're like, have I gone back? Are we having to listen to this again? <laughs> I, like, it's fine, but I think of all of the albums, this is the one that does the least to be worthy. It's just such a non-event, really, um, compared to every other album, which at least excels in their genre. Um, or at least I can see why it would be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, well, uh, shall I just go, Sam? Go for yeah. it. Okay, so I feel like the world is playing a practical joke on me every time I see Nymph by Shy Girl appear on Sunday. <laughs> uh, you people house. cannot be serious. Like, it, Look, it's not the most awful album I've ever heard, but it's entirely unspectacular in every single way. Um, there's nothing interesting about any of the music. 
for me, it feels like a combination of late 90s, early 90s, 90s drum and bass and R&B. And it's just as boring as both of those. Um, the only argument I can see for why it's so highly rated is that it's really straightforward and it's discussion of sex and sexuality. But to counter that, we featured a lot of albums on the podcast that do that so much better, like the Sudden, Ar- Sudden Archives, for example, mm. or even the Jasmine Sullivan album that I didn't really like last year. I mean, there's nothing particularly revolutionary about Shy Girl singing that she was like Nike and said, just do it when some bloke had his hand on her boobs. I mean, it's just not powerful at all. And I'd say the same about a lot of the statement songs here. They just aren't doing that much. Um, but yeah, my main issue with it is it's just dull as fuck. Like there are albums on this list that were harder to listen to at times, but this this was just totally ignorable. Um, I, I just don't understand the hype of it at all. And yeah, it's crap. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Didn't Amazingly, nice. for the first time ever, I think on an end of year, because usually what happens for listeners is if we get to the end, and some of the albums haven't come up in the questions, we will discuss those albums, but we've talked about all the albums, so we're just going to run through these questions, these ones now at the end of this yeah. question. Where should we start? Should we go from the start? So Sam, um, Matt talked about always at the start. Should we talk about that? Yeah. Um, Sam? I think I, I'm i surprised you picked this for this question because I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I mm. think I do understand why this has resonated so much. For me, it gives... I, I think it's... The feeling every that all of the people putting it on the list have had to this feels similar to me when I said Wolf Alice was the best album of the year, and then Fran was like, "What? How the hell could you possibly think that?" <laughs> but that, that there's makes just sense. some sort of there's there's no, like a joy in this music, and yeah. while I don't think I th- I think like there's some real big highlights. I, I like Velveteen is a big highlight for me. Um, like the closest comparison I made to like music that I was listening to would be something like, like blossoms. They're kind of pulling from a similar like seventies, eighties synth rock influence, but they've, this is much more of an alternative take on that with this, this, this very like interesting and kind of chopped vocals and kind of weird, strange things on like very online guy and things like that. And I found myself the whole time wondering, did that make it better or did that make it worse? And for me, it actually made it worse because a lot, I wanted those clear killer hooks that they were clearly making to like shine through a bit more. Mm. A lot of the time, the vocal just gets completely lost on this album and you can't really hear what she's saying or what, what the song is. And yet these are, these sound like hits. They sound like big songs and I think that's the the problem that I had in the end with it. Um, I think it would be really, really good, this album, if it focused on that side of things more. I bet Fran's going to say the complete opposite. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, for me, it was, it, I, I found it did, it does blend into one kind of, uh, yeah. into a kind of a homogenous thing. Whether people loved that, overall thing and that's what's resonated with them that's fine but um yeah i i didn't mind it i i i enjoyed a lot of these songs um just didn't kind of yeah you might have hit why i was so frustrated with it because it did feel like there was something there it just it just compared to some of their previous albums there wasn't anything where they just like it all clicked into place yeah so is this 
is this different to the previous stuff or is this the same um i think the prior albums had a bit more clarity to them i think it's exactly what you what you what you were talking about um it's less murky Mm. well i'm just baffled by this like (laughs) if you go on album of the year.org they collate all of the um lists from all the different magazines and websites and everything and, and this is the sixth most popular album of the year and it's just a nothing it's just a total nothing like i don't understand it at all i'm, I'm, I'm with matt after shy girl this was the most surprising for me it's just sludgy repetitive Britpop throwback like you mentioned velveteen that just sounds like a Britpop song it's terrible um that's yeah, why people like it probably but, but, but what's wrong with people? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no, nothing fresh or interesting about this one for me at all. Um, I just think it's really forgettable. Um, and I was really excited because it was getting rave reviews everywhere. I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Um, should we talk about Jack White? <laughs> okay. Go for it. <laughs> shall I talk about Jack White? Yeah, um, sure. I, I quite liked it. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised by how enjoyable if I found it. I think it's quite a lot of fun. Um, I picked it because I like to always pick one by a big artist that's going to be shit so I can slag it off and be snarky. Um, but I quite liked it. Um, I think there's a couple of songs that try a bit hard to be the Beatles. Um, Sam's already mentioned Isophobia. That song can get in the bin. Um, but... Other than those moments, I did find it quite fun. I think it starts really well. I like the first four songs. Um, I love. I really like Heidi Ho with Q-Tip. It's, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's stupid as hell, but I like it. It's fun. Um, I like Into the Twilight. Dusk's fun. Morning, Noon and Night's good. Um, I don't think it does stray far from The White Stripes. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I was a fan of them in my 20s, early 20s, long time ago. But um, yeah, it doesn't stray that far. They're pretty traditional rock songs. It's a little bit more eccentric than some of the contemporaries, I suppose. But it is it is fun. I don't understand why it's at the top of anyone's list. I don't understand why it's Rough Trade's album of the year. That's fucking batshit. Because <laughs> um, it's not groundbreaking. It's not new. It's not original. It doesn't make me think. It's not awe-inspiring. It's not anything special. But I'm glad we listened to it. Um, it, I, it was fun. On on that note, it, this this is the only album on this list that I've seen like bad reviews for. Like everything really? else, it's yeah. like they were consistently good reviews, and then we get to mm. end of the year and it's on everyone's list. Whereas this, it's like very specific publications have picked this as album of the year, and no one else has gone near it. So it's, yeah, it's bizarre. I, I don't know. It's a bit strange. And it's the weird like, thing as well, if you notice, with that album of the year, dog, is when it, when they first started releasing lists, this was like top because a few really early on mm. put it at, right at the top. So I was like, oh, that's going to do really well. And then you go to that list now, where all now. Of them, and it's not even in the top fifty. So it has kind of it got a bit of hype from the early lists, but. Yeah, I don't understand why it's at the top of anyone's list, but I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, Matt. Yeah, I don't. I well, I used to be a very big Jack White fan, big White Stripes, like Raconteurs, Dead Weather, and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't really listened to him since, and I was kind of, I, I guess, I was both surprised and not surprised by this album because <laughs> it is bizarre. I, I think I'm in a very similar boat to Fran. Like I enjoyed listening to it a lot of the time. But then when I'd actually think about the album, I'd be just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, like, like, I don't know. Yeah, Heidi Ho is just confusing, um, but <laughs> funny. 
but he's he's overall sound he's just it's so it's so overdubbed it sounds so much like royal blood a lot of the time because they use the same i'm guessing this similar approach to beef up the sound because it's mostly just jack white <laughs> um and so it 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 does just feel bombastic and over overblown and larger than life um which i think matches him he is a larger yeah. than life character but in 2022 what this is doing yeah like you say at the top of these lists um yeah, this is. this is music for people that aren't listening to new artists yeah um, and for it to be rough trades number one's particularly weird isn't it because rough trade you would say are kind of at the forefront of like new music in some respects and in in the uk yeah um weird but anyway yeah yeah okay shy girl do you both want to tell me how great shy girl is now which one of you wants to talk nonsense first i i can i can talk i think it's yeah. i think it's a it's a fine album i i i don't think it's bad i i quite like listening to it um i thought i found it quite fun and funny at times um the way i think you you mentioned um in uh which which song is it the one with uh the Nike the, the Nike. Nike it's called Nike isn't it it's called Nike yeah 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 the Nike the Nike song <sighs> it's, it's I think that's it's just it's using a lot of like references that are very straightforward clear to understand it's not got big poetry or complicated mm. uh, messages it's very easy to grab onto it's also talking about things like Perry Perry in that uh in that song there's also like references to Postmates. Um, it's just, it is incredibly referential to things that are right here, right now and around you in a way that's just very, very straightforward and easy to engage with. Um, I also think that uh, in the middle, there's, this, a, there's a, like a triplet of songs of like Firefly, which has this really disjointed melody and it's super engaging. And then it, that rolls into Coochie and then Heaven. I think that triplet of songs is like really like one of the best triplets of songs in the list. Mm. I just not sure <laughs> whether the album, the rest of the album really grabs me as much. Um, but yeah, there's like a real, I, I enjoyed the sense of humor. Like in, in Coochie as well, that's really, it's a funny song. <laughs> um, it's one of it's the most just, annoying songs on the <laughs> It's so. <laughs> It's so like I don't know. It just is so humorous and kind of silly, or like light-hearted, but also like, um, yeah, irritating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, did you love I, it? I'm definitely more on board with what Matt's saying than what you're mm. saying, Fran. But for me, this was like a close second for like the most relevant to 2022 because to me, this is really the sound of a lot of the new artists that are coming through yeah. in the UK, especially. Um, so like Pink Pantherus, even the, the kind of rappers like Central C and mm. kind of the, I'm not saying these people are good. Like I'm saying that this is what <laughs> music is in. I might stop listening to music. Um, yeah. And these younger artists and Shy Girl is really kind of honed in on that. And like that nineties sound of kind of, 90s noughties like garage kind of sound with mm. like this like danceable and kind of that is the thing right now um 
and I feel like this album does a good job of kind of summing that up. I think she's really engaging throughout it and she's really, she does some interesting things. Like she kind of changes up how she delivers the songs. I like the bits where it's sort of sounds like she's rapping, but she's not. And then she's singing. Um, I think come for me was a big highlight. I think Arca produced that with her. Um, Cause that's yeah. like wild. That song is very experimental. Yeah. Um I think the biggest problem for me was just that there wasn't enough like peak moments to make me like really want to come back. Um, I think it does kind of blend into one a little bit. Um, But I, I I enjoyed this. I'm glad I listened to it. Um, I'm, I am surprised that some people have really, this really resonated with them. Mm. So yeah. um, I know, I know Tom was a big fan of this. Um, I think, I don't know if he reviewed it on the site. Um, I don't think but, so. Yeah, but I remember him being like hot on this when it came out. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah number so, three on his list as well. So we've got him wow. to blame for this being on this podcast. Tom, When you, if you're listening. I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. I listened to it. Yeah, I expected you, you to like I'm, it. And I'm, I'm glad Fran listened to it as well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you. Well, actually, you should have listened to Soul Glow more. Actually, you should have listened to Soul Glow another ten times. No. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all the albums. Which, yeah, like I say, normally we don't get through them all. So all that is left to do. So every year on the podcast, we name a Picky Bastards podcast album of the year from from this list. Um, we have both the other editors, Tom and James, vote on the top three, and we all vote on the top three. So um, we'll do that now, and we'll figure out what our album of the year is. Um, Matt, do you want to quickly give Tom and James' yeah. top threes? Yeah, so I, I we just mentioned Tom. And so at number three for him was Shy Girl. Then at number two was Black Country New Road. Yay. And then number one was Rosalia. Okay. Accurate opinion. Yeah. And then for James, um, his number three was Grace Ives. His number two was Infinity Knives. And his number one was Kay Tempest. You say that Tom's top three is fucking insanity, isn't it? Really? It's not over the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Hi, it's quite, quite a mix. Um, but okay. it, it means all three of our picks are really in the mix. Yeah. I don't think mine will be for much longer, but um, shall, shall I go? Because I think I can see this coming down to two albums. So I'll, I'll give my top three. Um, yeah. So number three for me was Infinity Knives. Um, yeah. Number two was K Tempest. And number one was obviously Black Country New Road. Cool. So, um, do you want to go, Sam? Yeah. So my number three is Grace Ives. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is Kay Tempest. Okay. And my number one is Rosalia. Obviously. Cool. Black Country New Road would probably be like fourth or fifth for me, just so yeah. you know, Fran. That's Surprised. a big jump for them. But I'm happy. Yeah, it's good to hear. So... Just to give you a heads up, Rosalia and Kay are neck and neck. <laughs> well, then we clearly know what's one then. <laughs> um, but I did something before what? I knew that. I, I Number three for me is Black Country New Road. Okay. Number two is Kay Tempest and number one is Rosalia. What? You changed. What? I changed. <laughs> you guys, I've been going backwards and forwards about this, but before we recorded this podcast and before we even discussed our list, my three top albums were Black Country, New Road, Rosalia and Kay Tempest. Oh, really? Were they? Yeah. So I've had a great time. (laughs) Uh, 
these they were clear, clear, clearly my favorite albums and wow. I, I had a really hard time picking <laughs> specifically between rosalia and k um and then sam picked rosalia and so i was like that's fine i'll pick k and then uh, after spending a month really d- digging deep and comparing these albums i actually swayed the other way in the end <laughs> what is wrong with you victory <laughs> victory so that wow. does mean that rosalia's are but I, do you want me to give you a yeah, give us a it, whatever you a can. Full top five, down. top top three, top five. Okay, the, the only things that scored basically um, at the bottom of the list is Shy Girl, um, and then it's Grace Ives, then it's Infinity Knives, then it's Black Country New Road, then it's K Tempest, then it's Rosalia. <laughs> so it's our albums of the year is the top three. I, yeah, I do so... think I do. I do think like the ones that we picked were kind of part. of the best uh, that that yeah. feels right to me yeah i think yeah. i agree but that's yeah. expected because we have yeah. amazing taste don't we yeah i mean rosalie was it, second it, bottom of my list <laughs> <laughs> our scoring system is very specific as well but i do i do think i do think i do think the rosalie deserves to be up there i think like it's um you know it's not my cup of tea like the soul glow is not yours but i i from the reactions to it it must be a special album it's just not my it kind is. of special album um so yeah oh i really thought k was going to take it then <laughs> got it um okay well that's it that's our albums of the year well yeah. done sam congratulations i didn't um, make it it's not my I know, album but still you know it's, you picked it it won um <laughs> somehow you managed to persuade matt and tom wow. as well my influence um, yeah crazy stuff <laughs> but yeah so that's us so that's the album of the year. Uh, please check us out. We've got on the website at the minute, there is an album of the year um, article where all of our writers, well, not all of our writers, but quite a few of our writers pick their albums of the year. So there's, there's more people getting it wrong. A couple of people getting it right. Um, and yeah, and follow us on social media, on Twitter at, at Picky Bastards um, and check out the site at pickybees.com. All that leaves with now is to talk about next time, which will be a regular episode. Uh, so we'll pick four recent releases one classic album and uh why i love episode uh, why i love section for the end so um sam you're going to be hosting do you want to tell us what the classic and the why i love are yeah so the classic is going to be my life by mary j blige and i will be saying why i love jesse ware nice Nice. um matt what are your picks uh my picks are leyland witty with the album anyhow and absol with the album herbert Okay, I have gone with C.S. Armstrong's Let the People Decide and Strays by Margot Price. Okay, that's everything. Rosalia is the album of the year, apparently. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) I mean, Anna B. Savage took it last year. Mine took it last year. I'll I'll be great. I'll be, you know, I'll be gracious. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.